If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Once again, back in the office this week with Layla Newton uh, after a 4th of July hiatus. Yeah. Uh, although we did broadcast, uh, we did a, uh, a, a, a Skype call. We did, yeah. And we did one last week, so mm-hmm. we stayed abreast of it. Can't stay away from, from Q&A with Layla. It's no. too much fun, <laughs> even though I was on vacation. So uh, here we be answering your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. So how was your uh, week last week, your week off? Very nice. Yeah. I basically uh, I basically stayed in town and I watched fireworks, which oh, okay. was fun. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I was, I, as I might have shared with listeners, I was amidst fireworks. Uh-huh. They were like fireworks ahead of me, fireworks behind me. Uh, you know, our house was uh, illuminated by fireworks. Wow! Uh, and then the next morning, by the mailbox in front of the house, I found like a one of those boxes of the of the cartridges for fireworks. Somebody set up a whole box behind our uh, house. Oh my goodness! And then on the beach, there was like, I mean, it was it was almost Macy's quality. <laughs> <laughs> except so that, you didn't have to stay. Except that we were covered with like like burnt cartridges. And, oh my you goodness! Know, we, and you know our. Uh, it, it was so bad that um, the grandkids, we sent them inside because we didn't want them to get traumatized. Oh, sure. Yeah, they, they would have had PTSD from <laughs> like, combat fatigue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shell shock. Shell shock. From right. from 4th of July fireworks. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, so, uh, so, so the other thing I did um, just this uh, weekend, uh, I took, there was, uh, many of you learned that um, Dr. Sinatra, Dr. Stephen Sinatra yes. passed away, and so uh, I took a, a long drive mm-hmm. uh, from New York. Uh, took four hours up because of the traffic mm-hmm. up to Connecticut, where they were holding in Essex, Connecticut, which is near, I guess, where he hung out because mm-hmm. uh, he lived in Connecticut. And uh, there was a beautiful. Uh, it was a dockside uh, uh, commemoration. It was like a celebration of his life. Mm. Uh, in the afternoon by the water in the Connecticut River, beautiful setting. Wow. And uh, many of his friends and uh, family members were there and colleagues mm-hmm. and recognized a couple of people, but uh, literally people that he went to med school with. Wow. Uh, and, you know, the, the testimonials were amazing uh, because 
uh, he, in addition to being a, a great doctor, he was very open-minded. He embraced so many different paradigms in treating patients. Mm-hmm. And he was a heart doctor in the true sense. He he ministered yeah. to the hearts of his patients. Yes. And, you know, people recounted how such an immediacy, you know, that he'd be fishing, like, in um, Florida. And, uh, you know, he'd, he'd catch a fish, and he'd be really efficient. All of a sudden, his, his cell phone would buzz, and he'd say, oh, look at it, and he'd say, I have to take this. You grab grab the rod for me, and would be a patient, and he would like yeah. talk to a patient, you know, while oh, on the wow. boat. Uh, he was extremely dedicated. Uh, many people uh, attest to the fact that he saved their lives. He did some intervention that had yeah. saved their lives over the years. Yeah. And then I got a little background on on what happened because I spoke mm-hmm. to him in February, mm-hmm. and he was he died at the age of seventy five, which is. Unfortunately, a little young, yeah. yeah, especially for such a healthy guy. Yeah. I mean, really robust, healthy, mm-hmm. and in February, you know, he sounded great. And it, so it wasn't the result of a long, lingering illness. They wrote a brief dispatch saying that he died after a brief illness. Now, what, you know, the imagination runs wild, you know, did yeah. he get COVID, you know, or what, what was it? What happened? Well, it turned yeah. out he had pancreatic cancer, but he had a particularly insidious form of it where uh, just a few weeks before his death, he was fine. Yeah. And then he started feeling under the weather, and he went for some imaging tests, and they said, oh, my goodness, you've got pancreatic cancer. And it was such that not the kind where you turn yellow and, you know, you lose your appetite and everything. It was in the center of the pancreas. Hmm. And at this uh, uh, commemoration, there was a, a, a pathologist from the local hospital who, yeah. who took care of him. And they said they'd never seen such an aggressive cancer. It was very rapid in its progression. So in a way, he had not a long, lingering, miserable yeah. course. Uh, I'm not sure he, whether he got conventional treatment. He might have gotten some conventional treatment, but he pretty much was resigned to the outcome because I he see. saw that it was very aggressive cancer and it was mm-hmm. uh, widespread when it was discovered. And so he, being a very spiritual person, uh, said, okay, my time. This is my time. Let me spend time with my friends, my family, you know, and have some closure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and th- that was it. Within uh, three or four weeks of diagnosis, he was dead. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's tragic. Yeah. And that that's young, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, indeed. But you know, wow. it was not from a, a heart problem. You know, nope. which is you know, since he was a cardiologist, uh, he you know, he was very strong and robust. Yes. But this you know, dispatched him very rapidly. Wow. But uh, his, uh, you know, his family was there. Actually, uh, one of his sons who uh, is, you know, I'd like to interview on the show, wasn't able to attend because he had COVID. He had to, you know, oh, he was at no. home. Yeah. Okay. Drew, Drew Sinatra, Terrible. who is, became a naturopathic physician and is mm-hmm. uh, kind of a bright light in his own right uh, mm-hmm. as a spokesperson for an integrative approach. Mm-hmm. So I, I may um, reach out to Drew and see if we can get Drew on the program some That'd point. Be wonderful. Yep. Wow. God rest his soul. Indeed. That's... Indeed. Yeah. Uh, and just a, a really uh, bright soul, a mm-hmm. very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I remember meeting him several years ago at one of the um, uh, 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 the American College for Clinical Nutrition. Right. One of those yeah. meetings. It was in Morristown, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We were speaking briefly. Yeah. At the dinner about right. everything and, and uh, yeah, he was a real moving good. force behind yeah. the American what has now become the American Nutrition Association. So mm-hmm. he has left a, a wonderful legacy of uh, openness to his uh, to his perspective and he 
possibly, I don't think it's an overstatement to say he single-handedly advanced the case for coenzyme Q10 mm. as a popularizer of that therapy. He didn't invent it. Yeah. Well, it was actually the Langens, uh, mm -hmm. the Peter Langen and Pierre, Pierre Langen, his mm -hmm. father, who introduced coenzyme Q10 in the, in the uh, late 50s and 60s. And then uh, in the 70s already, Stephen Sinatra was all over that. Yeah, and, and yeah. He brought it to the fore. Yes. More or less, yes. right? Made yes. It, made it more popular, more accessible. Tragic loss. Yep. Rest in peace. Well, questions okay. at drhoffman.net. Yes. Do we, what do we have in the mailbag? What we have in the mailbag is, let's see here. Dear Dr. Hoffman, this is from Sharon, who's a licensed acupuncturist. Sharon says, can you offer thoughts on advice on taking DIM, D-I-M, as a post-breast cancer patient? Stage 2, HGR2 positive, with a history of hypothyroidism. I'm a licensed acupuncturist and board-certified Chinese herbologist, and I'd like to have a natural post-care regimen. I finished my adjuvant treatment at the end of March of this year. I'd appreciate any of your comments or advice. Well, you know, DIN has really been intensely studied as a possible therapeutic agent in cancer treatment of many cancers, not just breast cancer, but particularly mm -hmm. the hormonal cancers. And... Uh, Studies, uh, test tube studies, are pretty conclusive about showing that DIM uh, arrests the growth of cancer cells. And um, so it, it's also a great detoxifier uh, yes. in terms of xenoestrogens. Mm -hmm. And so we, we give, even give it to women who have estrogen dominance, right? Yeah. And yeah. so... Uh, while human studies are, you know, and I looked at some human studies, uh, human studies are a little equivocal on it, mm -hmm. but they just haven't been enough studies. Uh, so I, I think it is absolutely safe. I think it it's likely yeah. to be helpful. I think she's also wondering in the setting of hypothyroidism if there's any oh, oh, goitrogenic right. potential. To well, you know, the, the goitrogenic component has been pretty much purified out of that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it'd be one thing if we said, well, why don't you uh, make a... Eat a bushel of broccoli. <laughs> yeah, or eat, eat like, a, uh, have like a big, tall kale smoothie. Yes. You know, every yeah. day. Yeah. Or juice kale. Right, know, 10 pounds of it. 10 pounds of kale, because in order to get like a little glass of, of kale juice, you got to use a lot of kale. Yes. And then you might super concentrate some of these anti-thyroid goitrogens. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, while it may be potent anti-cancer thing, yeah. you don't want all those goitrogens if you have a thyroid problem. But, hey, if you haven't identified thyroid problem, you're already on thyroid medication. So mm -hmm. even were that to happen, a, a test which you should get routinely, like I just saw one of our thyroid patients today. Yes. And she's come back in six months. She's faithfully over many years. Like uh, she says it, it changed her life, you know, 15 years ago when I recognized oh, yeah. she had hypothyroid. She was like 155 Yes. She's like 125 now. Yes, she's 124. Yep. And, and she's like yep. working out in the gym and she's like, uh -huh. she, she, she's she got proud, great energy. She proudly showed me her guns, you know, like <laughs> she flexed her muscles for me. And, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it was very transformational along with diet, along with other things we did yeah. with her. Um, so, you know, thyroid, uh, if, in, if 
for some reason. It's kind of like when you take vitamin K while you're taking Coumadin. Yes. You know, you're going to get tested. So let's say the vitamin K is counteracting the effect of Coumadin. You could say, look, I'm going to take the same amount of vitamin K. Yeah. But I will um, <clears throat> I will uh, get tested and I'll, I'll adjust my Coumadin to accommodate a little vitamin yes. K that I'm taking. Yes. Yes. So same Good thing idea. with uh, Synthroid. But I don't. I think that is very unlikely. It's going to have a negative impact okay. on, on the thyroid, which is already com- compromised. Right, right. So Sharon, take your dim. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, and best of luck to you. All right. Well, this is a very interesting question about vitamin D from sun ex- sun exposure from John. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, if you were to take fifteen to twenty IU of vitamin D orally, thousand. Yeah, thousand. Right. Yeah, you may not need to take any more for a week. So, if you get the same amount of D from sun exposure, which you can, depending on how mm-hmm. much melanin is in yeah. your skin or and so forth, would that last a week also without needing any more sun exposure? Well, that's a good question, and yeah. I think one look. Uh, let's face it, uh, uh, you know, fifty years ago or a hundred years ago or you know, uh, twenty thousand years ago. Mm. Uh, there were no vitamin D pills. Right, right. And yeah, there were cod. You know, people gave their kids cod liver oil mm. in the in the uh, early twentieth century. Sure. Uh, to stave off rickets. Yes. But that's partially because kids lived in, you know, cities and you know didn't get a lot of sunlight, mm-hmm. and they lived in the northern parts of the world, and the rural people didn't get vitamin D deficient, but urban yeah. people did. So typically, uh, what would happen is you'd get a heck of a lot of vitamin D in the winter, I mean in the summer, yes. which would last you through the winter. Yeah. You didn't have to go to Florida or to uh, you know Baja, California yes, or conceivably Hawaii that would, right, in, the, right. in, the, in the winter to get your, your yeah, vitamin D. Yeah, because the vitamin D, in the Northeast anyway, between April and October, we get enough vitamin D. Right. Or we get, a, you know. And But the, the danger is that uh, in some parts of the United States, it's so damn hot. True. That you stay inside in the summer. Yes, true. It's the opposite, you know. So, mm-hmm. and uh, people get more vitamin D in Arizona probably yeah. in January. You know? Right, right. Uh, That's true. So. That's true. So here, here's the thing: if you go out, if you're light skinned and you're outside anywhere from ten to twenty, maybe thirty minutes, you're probably getting fifteen to twenty thousand IU of vitamin D that way, provided you're not wearing any sunblock. Not even an SPF as low as eight, because it could block as much as ninety percent of the rays. Exactly. The UVB I, rays. I think the estimate was uh, a little less. On they just studied lifeguards in, the, mm. in terms of the synthesis of vitamin D after a day at the beach, you know, where they're mostly you know, sitting around in their orange. Was it ten thousand? Uh, in their orange, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. surfer shorts, and uh, ten thousand. That was ten thousand according to that study. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: lifeguards will be tan. So right. the darker you are, the more time you need in the sun. Yes. If you're quite pale, 10 mm-hmm. minutes can do it, 20 minutes yes. can do it. It's like natural selection to get yep. as much vitamin D right. as possible. And hence, people It's like we from, lost our melanin well, not being in the sun people as human beings. People from equatorial regions, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, as an adaptation, they had darker skin. Yeah. Because they For did, protection. And, and, but this is the problem, is you have like a dark-skinned Nigerian and you mm-hmm. put him in Minneapolis. Yeah. And they're going to go vitamin D deficient. Totally. Because they need a lot of sun exposure. Besides, they don't right. care. They're not trying to get a tan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
You're, you know, it's like, what's the point? Exactly, exactly. Except maybe missing the warmer weather. But yeah, John, what a great, thoughtful question. So, and again, uh, you, you want to be out not at 10 in the morning or 3 in the afternoon. It's between 11 a.m. and about 2 p.m. Right. That's when the UVB rays are available. It's a good point at which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a message with you. So please listen up. As a listener to Intelligent Medicine, you know that fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA, and DHA that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint, and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega supplement option. Vital Nutrients' line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of Ultra Pure Omega-3 Solutions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what helps to underwrite the production costs of intelligent medicine, making it a free resource to you. And now back to some more questions. Yes. Oh, this is a great one. And I wrote about it in this week's Intelligent Medicine All right. newsletter. Right in your is, wheelhouse. Yeah, right in my wheelhouse. Deborah, how do you advise a 70-year-old to start a healthier life when they have horrible eating habits and they're a certified couch potato? Asking for a friend, of course, Deborah says. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you, you don't unless they're seeking advice, mm-hmm. which would tell you that they are contemplating making a change in their lives, which is a good thing. Right. Especially for somebody who's a certified couch potato. So which, uh, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make you him can't, drink. Exactly. Exactly. People have to want the advice in order to receive it. Otherwise, they're not going to receive it. And sometimes it. it's a health crisis, unfortunately, that prompts that. True. transformation exactly gets your attention right so as long as people aren't feeling anything like or having a a health crisis or even any mild symptoms why not continue doing as we're doing i mean always all we want is pleasure and comfort the satisfaction of our cravings right why not who wouldn't want that it's human nature right but for those people who do i think baby steps it's a matter of meeting them where they are in their journey to making those changes. I think a qualified nutritionist, mm-hmm. a consult with a qualified nutritionist is a good idea right. and how much, for navigating that. How much of your training and attention is around motivation and enlisting patients? Because oh. it's one thing to have the knowledge base, yes. Yes, yes, but yes. it's another to uh, create, to sustain, uh, to initiate and sustain the motivation Exactly. Uh, and consistency mm-hmm. to make that transformation. Nutrition counseling is a big part mm-hmm. of training to become a registered dietitian. So, And that is how we assess where the patient slash client is ready or not ready mm-hmm. to make any type of change right. and how to address that. So there are yeah. different stages? Of different, changes, different stages. Pre-contemplation is you don't even know there's a problem. Right. And then there's contemplation saying... 
I think I need to make some changes. I'm not sure what. You're just thinking about it. You're not ready to act on it. Right. You're just still thinking about it. You're contemplating it. Right. Right. And then there's action. Right. Which is the intense part, the action part. You're actually doing something. And then afterwards is more maintenance, mm -hmm. which is the toughest part yes. for many people. Yes. You know, yay, everybody can lose weight on a diet. Right. But once they've lost the weight, how long do they keep it off? Right. The idea being to keep it off the rest of your life. Right. Right. But the recidiv the recidivism is too high. The recidivism is too high. Looking at the patient that we just saw who made yeah. this transformation where she's lost 30 pounds and her health yes. regained her health. Yeah. Uh, she's much healthier now than she was 15 years ago when she was, you know, in her, I guess, late 40s. Yeah. Uh, she was right. A ton, menopause are tougher women. So menopause yeah. sometimes sets women back. So we've kind of straightened that out. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the, uh, so, so what's, really distinguishes the people who are able to sustain it is they don't look at it as an onerous thing. Mm -hmm. They, oh, like, how long do I have to stay in this diet? Because you know, they feel like, deprived. Yeah, and yeah. that's not desirable. How right. long do you want to feel? It needs to be reframed. Right. It needs to be reframed. And you, when you start eating in a very healthy way, your level, your, your bar for wellness has been raised. At, now you feel so good eating this right. way that when you deviate right. from it, you feel the consequences. Right. And why do you want to feel that again? You know that song, Hooked on a Feeling? Yeah. You get hooked on a feeling, exactly. the feeling of waking up and feeling energetic and, and feeling good. And bouncing out of bed. And yeah. You feel great. Right. And You're a morning like, person. And feeling like, oh, yeah, I get to exercise. What am I going to do today? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And then, oh, I go to sleep. I'm really tired. I sleep really well. Sleep really well. well and I'm yeah. going to bed at the yeah. right time. Right. 10, 10, 30 for most of us, it should right. be. Another hallmark so, is when your cravings abate. Yes. And you kind of go, look, I had like a really good solid breakfast with some healthy fat and protein, you know, maybe a little mm -hmm. complex carbs. And man, I, I can sustain it right until lunch hour. I'm not like, you know, dreaming yeah. of Dunkin' Donuts. And exactly. A, you know, yeah. Or where's a bowl of cereal? Yeah. Not the thing you want to eat. Right. Yeah. And you're just not so obsessed with, you know, where's my next snack? Exactly. Yeah. Because when we eat the wrong way, it just begets more craving. People really don't believe, who've never done it before, they don't believe that their cravings will actually diminish right. until they actually do it. They have to trust the program. Right. That it can actually happen. But it, then, And that's a big part then of... Then you become uh, more attuned to true hunger. Yes. You know, like as opposed to the false hunger because the false it's hunger like, is you just... Oh, I'm hungry. My stomach is growling. Right. Yeah. Right? As opposed to, I want to nibble on something. Well, why do you want to nibble on something? Because you don't have something to do. Is it real hunger? Are you bored? Are you looking for an activity? It shouldn't include the pie hole. Right. Your or, activity. You know, after having a big meal, like, you know, having a, a 500 or 700 calorie dessert on top of it because it tastes good. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, eating and saying, hey, you know, I've had, uh, I can stop now. Right. You know, a real attuning to your body's mm -hmm. sensation of fullness. These are all behavioral and sensory things yes. that occur. Uh, they have to do with, you know, your brain circuitry. They have to do mm -hmm. with your, changing your microbiome. Your microbiome actually dictates your, your cravings, your That's appetite. That's true. If your microbiome is full of candida, you're craving sweets. Because Those critters are craving on your behalf. Yes. You're the host. Yeah. For them, they've taken up residence, and they're craving all of invasion that. Invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> invasion of the, the body snatchers. They have commandeered you. Yeah, and on top of that, 
maybe you're a little drunk too because of a byproduct yeah. of all that candida is alcohol. Yeah. So you, <laughs> so, feel, you feel a little loopy. You feel loopy, exactly. Yeah, right. So right, that's, right. that's really, really funny. But Deborah, what a great Brain question. fog would be a consequence of that. Totally. Yeah. Brain yeah. fog. Lack of clarity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A little cobwebby. And the ups and downs of blood sugar, you know, the hypoglycemia is you can't think straight. And yeah. I just read an article, yeah. a scientific article, I swear, it is validating the theory hmm. that you can actually become hangry. I mean, oh, they had yeah. to do a study. Totally. They totally. To study. Oh my gosh. I could point to people, yeah. you know. That person's going to be mad if they don't eat lunch right now. <laughs> well, actually, I was driving in a car with a family member, and you uh-huh. know, he, we had taken a 30-mile bike ride in the mm-hmm. morning, and he was going to be really heroic. Uh, and he said, I'm just going to, I, I'm going to have, I had a real breakfast. I had like eggs, and I had like sausage. And he said, nice. I'm just going to have like a little, a uh, couple of slices of apple with a little, uh, you know, nut butter. And I said, well, we have a long drive ahead. He said, that, I'll be fine. Well, he got so irritable in the car. <laughs> He says, what are we going to find some food? What is it? I said, that's not, that's not like you. Yeah, yeah, It was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right. He's usually so mellow. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we, we said, look, we'll, we'll, find a, we'll, we'll find a car. Yeah. You know, we'll find a place. And we'll we finally, we, we found like this great seafood bar, you know, raw Perfect. bar. on Oh, lovely. In a place, uh, in, uh, Greenport. In Greenport, yeah. probably Claudio's. Right by uh, the water. Right on the water. Yeah. Claudio's is yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have actually a couple of establishments there. Yeah. They're very I don't know if it was quite... It was like it's wonderful. Some, it was something else, their name. But anyway, it was... Okay. Uh, Could have been Krabby Jenny's or something like that. It or, didn't, it was just and like there's one other place. Oyster Bar, it said. Yeah. Something like that. Lovely. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Uh, that was just... So, did he inhale a dozen oysters? And, a, and a, a couple of beers. There you go. That's he was, good. He was a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Oh, my. Okay. We have... Oh, here's an interesting Actually, give question. us a preview to what we're going to discuss in part yeah. two, because we're going uh, we're, we're to flip it over to side two here. I'm highly allergic with multiple chemical sensitivities. I, I, have I gone past the, the point of no return? Okay. Can I be helped? Okay. So, yeah, let's uh, address that question. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. And we'll be right back with part two.